Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to 90 Day with Mary Jane Kay. Today, I'll be breaking down Season 9, Episode 17 of 90 Day Fiancé to Have and to Scold. The episode opens with Kobe and Emily. It's their wedding day. But I have a feeling Emily and Kobe will struggle to get on their rose-colored glasses after last night's fight. Emily is in her bride-emblazoned robe getting ready the morning of her big day, and she feels lost. With the Ohio stuff and the misogynistic gender role stuff, plus the secret pregnancy, Emily questions if she and Kobe are on the same page about their lives. Emily questions if they actually have a future together, especially after last night's fight. Emily and Kobe still haven't spoken since Kobe slept at the hotel. Emily woke up mad at herself because she overreacted, and it got them into the situation on their wedding day of all days. Kobe is the best person Emily has ever been with. So she doesn't want him to feel some type of way, especially after last night. Emily calls Kobe and she tells him she feels bad about last night. And Kobe admits it's got him worried since they're about to tie the knot. And they still have trust issues. Emily explains to Kobe her trust issues aren't directed towards him. They're just general issues. Emily says she realizes she jumps to conclusions really fast and she needs to learn to communicate with Kobe without getting upset. She apologizes. She tells Kobe she loves and trusts him and she knows how much he has sacrificed to be here with herself and with Coben. Emily can't wait to marry Kobe. Kobe tells Emily he gets every relationship has its ups and downs but he loves Emily and he tells her to keep that always in the back of her mind. After the fight last night, Kobe didn't think there would even be a wedding. He says Emily has lots of trust issues, but it means a lot to Kobe that Emily acknowledged that she is overreacting. There's a lot that he and Emily need to work through, like the pregnancy thing. Kobe points out Emily is hiding this big secret from her parents, yet she's talking about trust and how she can't trust Kobe. Kobe says it's questionable. It's been troubling him so much. He prays that this marriage will turn out to be a success, though. Next up are Bilal and Shida. The wedding is tomorrow. Shida's sisters are in town and Bilal's family is coming over to enjoy some Caribbean food. Shida says this is exactly what she envisioned when she got with Bilal. The blended families from different cultures, a big happy family. Bilal says they have had some amazing times since Shida got to the States. Why didn't they show some of that? All they showed us was fighting and bickering to no end. Bilal says this dinner with Shida's family and his family is one of the best times that they've had because family is everything to him. This dinner is a highlight for Shida as well. We learn Shida has a pet name for her sisters, her sissy pussies, and one of Bilal's family members says, in Trinidad, maybe, not in America. If you call someone a sissy pussy in America, I doubt it's going to be taken like a term of endearment. 
Next up are Jibri and Miona. They are in Joshua Tree now to tie the knot, and Jibri feels lots of pressure to make things perfect for Miona, even when they're not going to have any wedding guests. Jibri and Grandma talk, and Jibri really wanted his parents to be here. Grandma isn't surprised, though, that they aren't coming. Jibri really wishes his mom was with him at Joshua Tree. He's frustrated and confused with his parents right now, and it hurts him a lot that they don't want to attend the wedding. Jibri also would have liked for David to be there, but even David couldn't make it to the wedding because Miona and David don't get along. Igor, Jibri's other really close friend from L.A., has agreed to pick up an arch for the wedding ceremony and to drive it three hours from L.A. to Joshua Tree, so Jibri hopes Igor makes it on time. Anna is super excited that her wedding day is finally here. She never imagined this for her wedding because she never thought of people getting married in the desert. But the desert and the beach are kind of similar to look at. It's just that the ocean is missing, Miona says. Miona compromised on the beach wedding, but she is not willing to compromise on certain details that she wants, like having an arch behind her during the ceremony. She wants pics next to the arch. She wants flowers on the arch. Miona says the arch gives symmetry to the photo, so without it, it wouldn't be so special. Why do I feel as if all this focus on the arch indicates the arch isn't going to be there and Miona is going to blow a gasket? Jibri still has to write his vows the morning of his wedding, and he told Grandma he had done it already, but he didn't. It's crunch time now. Jibri hasn't tried his suit on yet. He hasn't written the vows, and he's hoping Igor shows up with this arch Miona is fixated on. Jibri says the arch is very important to Miona, and he says Miona seems ready this morning, but she seems like a woman on a mission, and Jibri is definitely afraid of getting in Miona's way. He says you don't get in a Serbian woman's way. Jibri is trying to write vows, and Miona tells Grandma Igor is late. He's two hours away still. Grandma reassures Miona if she is totally ready when the arch arrives, they will still have an hour of sunlight to do the ceremony. Miona acknowledges Igor has gone above and beyond to pick up the arch today. She appreciates it, but Igor is saying he's two hours away. And Miona isn't even allowing herself to think about what will happen if the arch doesn't come. The way they talk about this arch, I swear to God, you think like, oh my God, it's going to be made of gold. It's going to be mother of pearl. There's going to be flowers all over it. I, I mean, when I saw the thing, I was like, that's what they were going crazy over. Not having the arch is not the end of the world. Miona has Jibri. She has a beautiful Airbnb. She can still have the wedding and enjoy it. Who really cares? An arch is just a thing. And I get that Miona really values and she wants pretty picture, she wants artistic photos, but it's not worth the stress and the anger. She has herself, she has her husband, she has love, that's enough. And arch is a thing, it's an object. If it doesn't make it, what can she do but accept it? It's not worth all of that emotion. They don't even have guests, so what's the big deal? Anger, stress, all of this, it's just gonna ruin her wedding day 
and make it negative when it's not going to fix that there is no arch there. She still gets to get married. She still has her person. I don't think an arch is that big of a deal to be stressing over. Miona planned for the wedding to be around midday, and she's really trying not to stress. But she knows exactly what she wants her wedding to look like. Miona says her wedding was one of the biggest dreams she ever had. So she thinks, don't try to ruin my wedding and don't try to fuck up her day. And it makes Miona mad. Miona tells grandma she hopes it's not too late with the sun setting and everything. And grandma tells Miona, that's how life works. You just got to play it by ear sometimes. This grandma is adorable. She's real. She's smart. She's logical. She's supportive. Miona and Jibri could learn a ton from her. Next up are Patrick and Thais. Patrick is FaceTiming Thais's father and he tells Patrick he doesn't have his blessing. He doesn't agree with the wedding. He says no firmly and he asks Patrick if he understands and he tells Patrick he should find someone from his country and Thais should also find someone from her country. But then Thais found Patrick, who lives far away. Her dad tells Patrick he can't comprehend it. Patrick says he thinks love is too complicated to be understood. He didn't imagine before he met Thais that he would ever marry a Brazilian woman. But when he met Thais, he couldn't stop trying to be with her. Thais tells her dad there is not a right place to find someone that you love. Thais's dad tells her she is so far away and he doesn't know what could happen in the U.S. And as her dad, he isn't close by. He isn't present to be there. He only saw Patrick maybe four times. So he asks Patrick why he should feel good about that as her father. Patrick says he dropped the ball with Thais's dad. He feels he could have tried to make the effort to build a better relationship with him. He is looking to gain Thais's father's respect with this FaceTime call. But Patrick knows it doesn't seem likely. Patrick tells Thais's dad that he will always take care of Thais because he loves her. They will always go back every year to visit Brazil, he says. Thais's dad tells her, He is not happy with her. He's upset, but he says it's Thais's decision. Thais's dad tells Patrick he has doubts about him, but he hopes that Patrick proves him wrong. Patrick wants Thais's dad to trust him more and to trust the marriage. Patrick tells him he hopes one day they will receive his blessing. Thais's dad says he really hopes Patrick won't disappoint him. He wants to talk to Patrick man to man, eye to eye, one day. Thais thanks Patrick for his patience and the respect he had with her dad. And she compliments Patrick that it was nice that he understood her dad. He understood how to communicate and he maintained his posture during that whole conversation, all while being polite to her dad. And Thais really appreciates that. For Thais, it wasn't just about getting her dad's blessing. She always knew her dad didn't like her relationship with Patrick. Now her dad has realized Thais will 
be getting married and that she's not a little girl anymore. And he has to accept it, Thais says. I wonder just how controlling Thais's dad is of Thais when she is back home in Brazil. I know Thais loves and respects her dad and he loves her, but it almost feels like her dad is possessive of her in some odd way. Maybe Thais's dad just doesn't trust her decisions and he treats her like she's a little kid. And that's what it is. I don't know. Patrick knows the 90 days has been stressful, but he tells Thais it's best if they have problems not to push them away. Thais feels light now and you can see all the heaviness float away in her tone and in her face. This thing with her dad not agreeing on her marriage really weighed very heavily on her and I think it really took away Thais's peace of mind and now she has some of that back. Patrick asks Thais if she still wants to get married and she says yes. Patrick says it feels like a victory that Thais's dad at least trusts Patrick to take care of Thais. Even though they still don't have his full blessing, it's still a step in the right direction. Next up are Bilal and Shida. It's Bilal and Shida's wedding day, and Bilal has been thinking of this day for a very long time. It's been a rough 90 days with the prenup issues and the doubts that came up. Nefertari, Bilal's sister, is lovingly decorating the house, and it looks wonderful. Bilal says it looks beautiful, and his sister did an amazing job. Shida gets her makeup done, and she shows her sisters her makeup, and one sister lets Shida know it's not too late to go home if she wants. It's her last chance to say no. Shida read the changes to the prenup yesterday, and Bilal put in everything Shida requested him to. So she and Bilal both signed the prenup. But Shida still has lingering feelings about it. Shida loves Bilal, but she admits being married to him won't always be easy. She wants them to get along more and to have less bickering and more love. Shida's concern for the future is that Bilal isn't as enthusiastic as she is to start a family, and that worries her. But she and Bilal are already spiritually married, so Bilal isn't just her boyfriend. She sacrificed a lot to come to the U.S. to be with Bilal, so it puts immense pressure on her to make this relationship work. Bilal says he thinks you will never be 100%. You will never know everything about a person. It takes years, sometimes even a whole lifetime. But if that foundation is there, you can build on that. Next up are Emily and Kobe. It's three hours to the wedding. Emily is getting her hair and makeup done. And after calling Kobe this morning, Emily is feeling so relieved that she and Kobe are on the same page. Emily knows she hasn't been the easiest on her parents they have been through all of her hard times and all of her rough relationships. So Emily seeing her mom look at her in her dress, being really proud of her, it means the world to her. Kobe is getting ready with Temperature, his misogynistic asshole of a best man, and his other friend, Etchu. Temperature hopes the wedding goes through successfully, and he believes with time, 
Kobe must understand that he is a man, and in Africa, the men call the shots. David, Emily's dad, comes to help Kobe. Kobe says Emily's dad's presence means a lot to him. It's also been really stressful for Kobe knowing that Emily is pregnant and that it's a secret and that David doesn't know. Kobe says it's a sign of respect. He can't knock up his daughter and not be there for the first time. And the second time, Kobe is living under his roof and he doesn't tell him about it. Kobe feels it's wrong. In my opinion, it is wrong and I could never wait and tell my parents later after they do all that for me. And it puts Kobe in an awkward position. He feels guilty. He feels ashamed. He feels as if he is betraying Emily's mom and dad. But he doesn't want to go against Emily. If I was Emily, I would just tell them. I think this whole secret thing is very immature. It's very selfish. And the parents will know that Emily knew and that Kobe knew for more than a month. And that they hid it. And it won't feel good for anyone. Kobe says Emily insists they have to keep this secret till after the wedding, but it's really heavy for Kobe. It hit David, Emily's father, this morning that his daughter is getting married. So it's a big deal because he had a lot of serious doubts before Kobe came to America. But Kobe sent David a letter telling him how much he loved Emily And he said he wanted David's permission to marry Emily. And David wrote Kobe a letter back saying it's important for him to step up to the plate and to take care of things. David reminds Kobe of the letters they wrote each other. And David hands Kobe something. I don't know what it is, but it's obviously sentimental. And David breaks down crying. And Kobe breaks down crying, and it's very sweet. I even cried myself. I teared up, and I don't even know these people. David gave Kobe something personal that he wanted Kobe to have that will remind Kobe of what his letter said. Kobe broke down in tears, and he says he respects Emily's dad so much, and it hurts not telling her dad about the pregnancy. David trusts Kobe, and Kobe knows this is very fucked up to hide this pregnancy. Kobe is a good man, in my opinion. He might not be the sharpest tool in the shed when it comes to reproduction and understanding how things work and understanding life, but Kobe is a really good man, despite one of his idiot friends, and we all know who that is. And to see Kobe cry like that from the weight and the guilt and the shame of keeping Emily's secret, it shows his nature and his character and the contents of his heart. I don't know how Emily can keep this secret. She has such amazing parents. They love and support her at all costs. And they love and support Kobe as well. Kobe says it will feel like he failed Emily's dad and Kobe is afraid he might ruin everything, but he can't take this secret anymore. Kobe tells David he has something heavy he has to tell him. Next up are Miona and Jibri. Jibri feels good that their wedding day is finally here. He thinks Miona will be Miona today and that means this day 
better be perfect. So Jibri will just try not to mess it up. Miona reveals she thought her parents never had a wedding, that they married at the courthouse or something. And she found out they had a big wedding and the photos were all destroyed. So Miona thinks it's very important to document her life and to take photos of everything. She wants to send photos to her parents and she wants to keep some for herself for the memories. Jibri says today is a lot of pressure. It's 2.15, the arch isn't here yet, and they are ready to have this wedding. They even met a neighbor who said they could take photos in his vintage truck. And the truck isn't there, the arch isn't there. Jibri just wants to see Miona satisfied and happy. He says an unhappy Miona on her wedding day. You don't want to see that. It will be a messy storm. More messy than it was before they got to Joshua Tree, it would be the equivalent of a South Dakota snowstorm. Jibri is super stressed about the arch and he doesn't know where Igor is. And Grandma says the ceremony is the important part. They have the sky and the desert as an arch and they can't delay the ceremony. The sun won't wait for them. Grandma says they can't delay the ceremony or Miona will get married in the dark. Grandma tells Jibri, sometimes you don't get everything you want. The producer asks Jibri how he's feeling and Jibri is totally stressed because Igor isn't here and his parents aren't there and it's rushed. Next up are Patrick and Thais and it's their big day. Thais reveals she still has doubts about marrying Patrick even after Patrick and her father talked. She says Patrick has been very controlling and her dad still doesn't want to give them his blessing. Thais thinks it would be easier to get married in Brazil because then she would have her mom there, her grandma and all of her friends. She would have much more support. Patrick isn't into dancing, but John and Patrick's other friend walk in to find him practicing some Brazilian dance that looks absolutely ridiculous. And Patrick says the first dance is really important to Thais. Thais paid for a Brazilian choreographer to make this dance specifically for them. So Patrick is willing to set his pride aside to do this dance the best he can just for Thais. If that isn't love, I don't know what is. John asks Patrick if he's ready and he thinks he is as ready as he can be in the 90 days that he had. John asks if everything is good between his brother and Thais. Patrick thinks it's good. He says they aren't perfect. They're still figuring it out. And Patrick mentions he talked to Thais's dad and it went okay. They had the conversation they needed to have to get it to the point where Thais is here and they're going to get married. But Patrick asked for the blessing and her dad said no. And of course, Thais wasn't too happy about that. Wagner, Patrick's friend, clarifies that that issue with Thais's dad still isn't hashed out fully yet. And Patrick points out Thais is here. She's getting ready to marry him at least. John says Thais's father hates his brother. John thinks it's not going to be easy going for Patrick or for Thais. 
Patrick says it's sad, but he wants to smooth it over by eventually having a second wedding in Brazil. John has his doubts about the marriage. His biggest fear is the marriage not working out, and he says Patrick doesn't deserve that. Thais's friends from Dallas came all the way to Orlando for Thais's wedding, and it means a lot to her. Those are the only people Thais has from her side at her wedding. Thais tells her friends she's nervous because her dad doesn't want her to marry Patrick. One friend says if her dad was against a wedding, she would think about it. She would postpone the wedding. Thais can't do that. If she goes back to Brazil, she knows she and Patrick will be over. Thais's other friend says she would probably go through with the wedding. She asks Thais if she loves Patrick, and Thais says, yeah, hesitantly, in a very high-pitched voice. Thais realizes she is going to get married, and she doesn't know what to do, but she is sad to be away from her father. If she was in Brazil, she says her dad would walk her down the aisle, and she wants her dad's approval. She is in tears saying she wanted her dad at her wedding, but she didn't have the opportunity to have him there with her. Thais says this is not her dream. Patrick is all dressed up and he is super nervous. He's ready and he has no idea how Thais is feeling right now. He hopes she's happy and that she's excited, but Patrick doesn't know. There has been so much that has happened up to this day that Thais could be feeling a lot of different things and he guesses he will find out what Thais is feeling if Thais walks down the aisle. Back to Kobe and Emily on their wedding day. Kobe reveals to Emily's dad that there's been something that he wanted to tell him. It's heavy but he has to say it. Kobe says deep down in his heart he really does appreciate everything David has done for him and for his son in helping to raise him. Kobe says he knocked up his daughter back in China and he says knock off instead of knock up, but we know what he means. Kobe says David accepted him in his house and Kobe traveled all the way from Africa. He didn't know where he was going to be staying. He didn't know where he would end up. Kobe says these are rare things and he is very grateful and he thanks David and he tells him his whole family thanks him as well. Kobe says the connection between himself and David, he never had a moment like that with his own father. So he has a strong connection with David. That's why Kobe wants to tell David so much about the pregnancy. But thinking of Emily as well, Kobe feels if he does tell David now, he might betray Emily's trust. David tells Kobe he gave up everything to come here, and they've all thought about Kobe's sacrifice as well. David tells Kobe he is glad to have him as part of the family, and Kobe says he doesn't know if he and David will still be this close after he finds out about the pregnancy, but his actions have proven to Kobe that he belongs here. David is his family like his father in the U.S., Kobe says. Kobe feels at this moment he has surpassed the level of having doubts. Now it's for better or worse. 
The producer asks if now that the wedding is over, if it's time, tell Emily's family the secret. Emily says no, of course. Kobe says yes. It's the perfect time. Kobe says he's been waiting to be able to tell her parents. And it's been really heavy on him. And he says he can't continue living in her father's house, looking at him, keeping the secret. Emily says they aren't telling today. And Kobe should just relax, she says. She says if Kobe looking at her dad makes him feel bad, then he should stop looking at him and then he won't feel so bad. Kobe says it sounds easy to Emily, but it's not easy for him. He can't do it anymore. And he hopes that Emily can understand him. He says they agreed on after the wedding, like the next day, Kobe wants to tell her parents. Emily is rolling her eyes. In my opinion, she's very selfish. She doesn't care about lying or keeping secrets or respecting the relationship with her parents or respecting the relationship Kobe has with her dad. In my opinion, Emily just doesn't want to be inconvenienced by her parents' disappointment or by their reactions. How can you let your parents feed and house you and your kid and your husband and get them to also pay for the wedding and then not feel tremendous guilt over the secret? It says a lot, in my opinion, about Emily's character. She seems very selfish and very immature And it's a little disturbing that she doesn't mind keeping this secret or how heavily it weighs on Kobe. I personally would be ashamed if I was Emily to the point where I could not even enjoy my wedding unless I spoke up. Back to Miona and Jibri. Igor will be here in 10 minutes. Igor is late and it makes Miona nervous. But she is trying to be understanding because Igor had to pick up the van, he had to pick up the arch. Miona loves Igor. Jibri reveals he heard all this talk and commotion over the arch, and he didn't really know what it would be, and when it arrived, he was like, oh, that's it, it's just two sticks of wood. To Jibri, it was no big deal, it wasn't a big thing. But he wasn't going to say that to Miona, of course. Jibri says the arch is going to make or break the ceremony, and it's something that they could have made themselves. Jibri wrote a country song for Miona to play for walking down the aisle. And it's not Jibri's genre, but it's a testament to how far they have been and how far they will go. They got married without Jibri's parents there, but the grandma did an amazing job officiating. Next up are Bilal and Shida. Bilal always wanted to get married from a young age after seeing his parents' beautiful marriage. And now he's really excited to marry Shida. Shida has had a rocky road looking for love. She never wanted to settle. She wanted to wait and make the right decision with the right person. And Bilal is the man she waited for her entire life. During their wedding, the camera panned over to Bilal's kids. And Bilal's son has his eyes closed. And to me, it looks like he's sleeping. After the wedding, Bilal gives Shida jewelry that his dad gave his mom and it's engraved in Latin, I will never give up on you and you will never give up on me. Shida hopes in their future that she and Bilal work on their communication and that they get to also know each other a lot more. 
Shida hopes she will be a mom very soon. It's very important for her to have children. And as she says this, Bilal is very stoic. As Shida mentions kids, and she's looking up at him, trying to look for some type of reaction, and he's just very stoic. Shida hopes Bilal will want to be a dad sooner than later. Bilal says there's a saying in his religion that we plan and God plans, and God is the best of all planners. And God definitely planned this. Back to Kobe and Emily. It's five days after the wedding. Emily says, after all of the craziness that went on in the 90 days, it was a huge accomplishment to be able to marry her best friend. Kobe says, Emily is so beautiful, he loves her, and he will even marry Emily again in his next life. Kobe and Emily agree tonight is the night that they will reveal the secret to Emily's parents. Emily is really nervous, and she says, She would be willing to keep it a secret until her parents just found out on their own. Emily says they did the one thing her parents asked them not to do. They flash back to the scene of Emily's dad telling Emily he's supporting everybody for six months and he tells Emily she better not get pregnant. And Emily agrees. Emily assures her parents they won't be having any more kids in their house. David can't wait for Emily and Kobe to get out of their house for them to start their own lives. They need to do that. And David is very excited that that will happen very soon. David asks how married life is treating Kobe and Emily. He asks if there are any second thoughts jokingly. And Kobe says it's already too late. Kobe got all the stuff for his green card ready to send in so he will be able to work soon. Kobe says there's something he wants to tell everyone. He announces that Emily is pregnant. Emily says Kobe definitely wanted to tell them before, but Emily says she's the one who refused. Kobe says it hasn't been easy and they fought a lot because of this secret. Emily says they didn't want to tell her parents before the wedding because they wanted everyone to enjoy the wedding and not stress. Kobe says, from the moment he found out that Emily was pregnant, he felt he should tell her dad. David is stressed. He says, oh God. He asks how far along Emily is and what the deal is. Emily reveals she's seven weeks pregnant and her dad's response is Jesus. David says, it was a shock and the best thing for them would have been to get established. Emily's mom says she wanted them to be in their own home and Emily knew that. She says the baby is not coming at a great time. Emily's sister asks, why did it even have to be a secret? And Emily says it's because it's the one thing her parents said not to do and then they did it, which is the story of her life, she says. Whose fault is that? Let's remember. Emily had birth control pills and she chose not to take them because of Kobe saying some women have trouble conceiving when they want to. So she didn't take the pills. She didn't make Kobe wear a condom or take a morning after pill just to be on the safe side. She instead got an ovulation app on her phone to know when the app says it was safe for Kobe to not pull out. 
and she told him it was safe according to her app. I like Kobe, but Emily and Kobe are not that smart with the common sense, obviously. There was no reason not to tell her parents other than Emily's selfish reasons, and she also put Kobe in a very tough spot. Kobe didn't want to keep this secret. It ripped him apart. It was heavy on him. And now it's probably created a lot more distrust for Emily and her family and for Kobe and her dad. Emily's sister is at a loss for words. She's surprised she did not pick up on it and she wants what is best for all of them and their whole family. She wants what's best for Coben and now the new baby. And Madeline feels that Emily takes advantage of her parents and everything they have here. And Emily doesn't realize the full effect and the consequences of all her actions sometimes. Now, in the beginning, I thought Madeline was bitchy. I thought she was unfair to Emily at the start of the season. And now I see Emily is very selfish and careless, and she seems to put herself and her feelings first. She also acts without thinking, in my opinion. Look at how Emily had birth control pills in her possession. And because Kobe said one comment, she decided not to take them and not to use a condom or a morning after pill for that matter. And she trusted pulling out, which is dumb. And then she used an ovulation app to trust when to pull out and when not to, knowing her parents one request was no more babies under this roof after all they have done for her. In my opinion, Emily feels entitled, she's selfish, she's spoiled, and she doesn't truly respect her parents, or I don't think she would behave this way. Emily says she can feel the disappointment in her parents' faces, and her dad explains it's shock. Lisa, Emily's mom, explains they are surprised by the news. Emily says seeing her parents' reactions, her fears of disappointing them are coming true. David mentions his plans were to retire in about a year and a half. And now that's not going to happen because Emily won't be able to work and Kobe can't work yet. David says they need to get on their feet and he can't support them forever. David and his wife want to travel. They want to do things. They want to enjoy their retirement. And David thinks Emily feels very secure. And David wonders if maybe they may have been too easy on them. Lisa says Kobe and Emily need to move. David tells Kobe he needs to sit down and figure out how he is going to move out, where they will live, how they will afford two babies, and how it will all happen. Emily dismisses her dad. She seems so ungrateful. She tells her dad they know that, frustratedly. Does Emily not get that her dad now can't retire when he planned to. He can't enjoy his wife and enjoy his life and enjoy his retirement. Now he can't do what would make him happy after he worked really hard to have a family, have his job, have his career, raise her, raise her sister, raise everyone in the family. And Emily doesn't seem to understand how much this will affect everyone in the family. Now, because of Emily, her dad can't do what would make him happy with his life. Does that matter to Emily? Emily says her parents are just concerned because they have a lot of obstacles ahead and they have Coben and a new baby. 
Kobe says they've been through a lot during these 90 days, so Kobe doesn't think there will be anything they will come across that they can't handle. Kobe will make sure he's the man. He told David he is, and he says he will be able to provide for his family. David tells Kobe and Emily this is a big deal, and Emily just says, "Mm mm-hmm, very dismissively. I can tell that Kobe feels a lot of gratitude and appreciation, and I can see the warmth in his heart and the graciousness he has, but I don't feel that from Emily, and it's very bothersome because she has an amazing family and amazing parents. Next up are Thais and Patrick. Will Thais walk down the aisle? Thais says the last 90 days have been tough for her. She and Patrick have had communication problems. They have had problems with Thais's dad accepting the wedding. They've had problems with John. They've had many obstacles. But despite everything, Thais loves Patrick. She wants to be with him. Thais says for them to have gone through all of this and to be doing what they always said they would, she is having one of the most special moments of her life. Patrick says, seeing Thais so beautiful in her dress reminds him of the first time he saw Thais in Brazil. He knew then his entire life was about to change. Patrick went from being divorced, not knowing if he'd ever find someone again, to this. So for this to come true, it's really emotional for him. Thais says, now that they are married, the most important thing is kicking John out. John doesn't think because Patrick and Thais got married, things will get easier because they have a lot to work on. But Thais loves Patrick and Patrick loves her and that's what matters. John says it's been the best thing in his life to be able to connect with his brother because they didn't always have that. But John loves Patrick with more than anything he can ever express in his life. Patrick feels like he found true happiness And it wasn't easy. Patrick says every single sacrifice that he has made and every single sacrifice Thais has made and that they have made together for this relationship has been 100% worth it. Patrick has full confidence that he will be able to take care of Thais forever and he will be able to hold that promise he made to her dad just to make sure he gets to wake up next to Thais every day. He says, despite all of their issues in the past 90 days, it was worth it. That's why they are both here now and married. It was worth it. That does it for this episode of 90 Days. I'll be back for the tell-all if there is one. If not, I'll be back for the upcoming season of Happily Ever After. And more. Thanks for tuning in. See you soon. Bye.